you want to learn more about effective management, head over to madsingers.com and sign up for my free management training. Welcome to the Mad Singers Management Podcast from madsingers.com, where entrepreneurs and business managers learn and share. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a review. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Doug Cornfield. Welcome, Doug. Hey, thanks for being you know, thanks for having me. It's always always a pleasure to meet new people and sounds like you got an incredible story and we're we're talking across the world, which I like too. That's that's always interesting. All across the world. I'm in Vietnam right now and you're sitting in the US. So quite yes, a yeah. quite a bit of distance. Yes. Uh, yeah. So Doc, awesome to have you on today. Um I'm I'm excited for many of the things we'll we'll talk about. You are an author, love helping people and writing about helping people. Uh, like most of us, you have had some experiences with COVID as well, which have been interesting. Yeah. But just before we jump into it, Doc, would you mind giving us just a minute or two about who you are and how you ended up where you are right now? Uh, sure. My name is Doug Cornfield. I've been kind of an entrepreneur most of my life. I did go to the corporate world with Merrill Lynch uh, for 10 years to partner with two of my brothers, which was still very entrepreneurially based. And, um, you know, 20 years ago, I met a man named Dave Clark. Uh, I guess when you're going to get a pivot of the world. He's a polio survivor. He's the only professional baseball player that ever pitched on crutches. It's one of the most incredible life stories. And uh, about 12 years ago, I ventured out to partner with Dave and we do, we do incredible things. Uh, our main, our main target is that we run sports camps for children and young adults with all different disabilities, but we try to have our entrepreneurial side, our business side actually fund those camps. And that doesn't mean we don't get some grants because we do but for the most part, it's speaking events, selling books, selling other products, uh, creating events um, like a mastermind event that we're putting together in Southwest Florida for professional athletes and and also um, highly successful entrepreneurs to come together. And in the end, they're going to support our sports camp. So it's more on the business side of how we want to do our philanthropic um, goals and meet those goals. I love that so much. I've I've worked in the past, done a lot of volunteer work with kids with ADHD and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it's that's super yeah, same. Cool. Yeah, super we have cool. a lot of those. We there's one group that we deal with on the spectrum, so to speak. It's a it's a group called Think Differently, out of downstate New York or in the Hudson Valley area, and and we do get a lot of children that are on the spectrum that come to our camps. They're a lot of fun, you know, and they're all different levels and. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's fun to see also how they, they grow, you know, after they get opportunities, because opportunities are what we try to bring to people that don't normally get these kind of opportunities. And then year after year, they, they come to our events, and they get an opportunity to be with professional athletes on a professional baseball or field or in a hockey, hockey arena or whatever. And they get to grow and we get to see that growth and how this inspiration uh, brings life to their to their family and to their to, to these individuals. Yeah, definitely. That's what I love about the online world as well. I mean, we, we've hired multiple people over the years with, with various disabilities. And and one of the things is, you know, most of the time they never get an opportunity. But when you give them an opportunity, they're so thankful and they, they really put in everything. Right. And it's it's amazing to work with them. And uh, yeah, it's, I think sometimes it's yeah finding ways to give opportunities to those that haven't got many is definitely a, a great way to help people around you. Right. And, and what we try to, we try to teach is to strengthen their strengths. 
you know, uh, Dave Clark's a great example. He was polio survivor. He never was able to walk without crutches or braces. So how the heck does he play professional baseball? Well, he has to think very differently. And he had, a, he had to calculate even at a young age what his strengths were. And his strengths were either going to be at first base or pitcher. That was his only choice. He wasn't going to run 14 set, you know, five, four seconds down to first base. He wasn't going to be able to play middle infield. He wasn't going to be able to play in the outfield. So he had two choices. And so what he decided to do was where he was best and where he could fit in best for that team is he decided to strengthen his strengths and not focus on his slowness and his weakness. Um, and he strengthened what he was good at. And so a lot of folks, especially in the disability world, if they have a strength, whether it's in math or if it's in art or if it's in some type of maybe there's just super fast, you know, and whatever the situation is, let's hone in on their strength and really focus in on that strength where they can compete with a team or a business and um, and help and, and actually maximize those teams and those businesses. And I, I think that's a, I mean, even people without disabilities, that's a great idea. Right. I mean, I, I always tend to say that people never get hired because they have no weaknesses. They're, they're hired because they have incredible strength. And I think for all people, like actually learning to understand what are you really freaking good at and where, where do you really excel? Right. Like that. Right. That and if you put t- if you put all your time into your weaknesses, you're not strengthening your strength, which is probably what got you the interview and got you to where you were anyway. Yeah. And, and two things. When, when, when you're working on things you're not good at, it takes a lot longer. Right. Whereas when you're working with things that you actually like and that you are good at, you tend to grow significantly faster. Right. Correct. Correct. There's there's no doubt. So that's those are some of the principles from a business perspective, I think, that we've drawn on, that we lean on. We lean on those in the tough times. We lean on those in the good times. What's it like to manage a camp? Like how big are they? Uh, So our our camps um, typically are about 300 to, you know, 250 to 350 people all told. Um, there's usually about 80 to 120 participants that have a limitation of some sort, disability, it could be physical, it could be, it could be emotional, it could be uh, intellectual, it's, it's, you know, it could be cancer, it can be diabetes. I mean, there's all sorts of different challenges and struggles that are out there. And so those, those children, young adults, we don't put an age limit on it, actually, yeah. come to our event. And, and then we have, obviously, the, the volunteer base. Uh, typically, our camps have professional baseball teams or collegiate teams that come to be the major, the major team volunteer, you know, so you add another 30, 40, 50 people and staff um, there, then volunteers. And then you have all the parents and the families and the caregivers and, you know, all those kind of things that participate as well. And we typically feed everybody and every, you know, the, all the participants get hats and t-shirts and um, it's, it's, it's a blast. I mean, of course I'm a little biased, but uh, you just watch a couple of our videos and you get it. It's, it's super great. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, what was it like to managing events like that? Like that must be slightly different. It's a privilege. It's, you know, it's a privilege, you know, it's a privilege to get to do what I do. And and again, even when the funds are low and sometimes they're low and sometimes they're higher, uh, even when the funds are low, it's a privilege to walk out and then I get to go to the Super Bowl and be a part of Radio Row and, you know, and then we get to be keynote speakers at some, you know, some big conventions and, um, I get to meet and, you know, and I still, I still text, you know, I, sometimes I'm texting a professional baseball player and he texts me back during the baseball game itself. He's, you know, he's in the dugout and, or he's in the locker room or taking a break or whatever. He'll, he'll shoot me a text back, you know? So uh, it, it, you know, and then the, to, to travel with my two Daves, Dave Clark and Dave Stevens, you know, it's a privilege. And, and then, and then for me, the way I experienced the camp, cause I'm running it and I'm trying to make sure everybody's flowing and going and doing all the things they're supposed to do. I typically take it upon myself 
to go through all the pictures. And then when I go through the pictures, I crop them. And that's when I experience the camp. It's usually the next day or that night. And because we try to print out pictures to give to kit to give to the families uh, the, the next day, they come back to a professional baseball game and get to watch these players that they just participated with. And so the way I, I literally, I'll get chill sometimes and get emotional just going through all these pictures and cropping them and seeing all the activities and, and seeing things that I didn't know were going on that were going on. And uh, that's, that's, that's my experience. But then again, that's a privileged experience because not everybody gets to do that. No, totally. Totally. I, I love it. So you are also an author that have written a book at least about helping two, two, two books, two books, two books, two books uh, co-authored the, the most recent one. Uh, again, you know, take it from me. I'm a co-author and an author of these. I'm a little bit biased, um, but these books are super, super great. And, you know, I could share the stories if you want. I mean, Um, basically the main story that we share, uh, if you can imagine, um, me, I'm a father with a child with neither arm, my, my son, who's now 24 years old was born with neither arm developed. And when he was just a baby, he wasn't even walking yet is when I read an article about this guy named Dave Clark that I mentioned earlier. And David won the heroes of sports award in Atlanta, big award, you know, one of those $17,000 checks that, you know, they got to go to his disability camps that he was doing at the time with the YMCA. And I'm reading this article in Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm thinking, who is this guy? Why don't I know him? And who the heck played baseball on crutches, you know, for for one year, for let alone 10. Um, and then he's from this little town of Corning, New York, where my wife grew up and where we were actually moving to. And so I got to meet Dave. And, and in doing that, we connected. I reached out to him. I had my son who just walked over, walked through the door over here just a second ago, my son Gideon. Uh, had him in his in my arms, and uh, I met Dave at a baseball game of all things, and he agreed to meet with me. We had breakfast, and as it says, I peppered him with questions: um, What did your parents do? How did you get to these levels? You know, it didn't make any sense to me. I got to know his story. I didn't know ten years later I'd be traveling all over the country with him doing sports camps and speaking events. But it's it's amazing, and. I, you know, that's how you get into these things. It's, it's, it's pretty crazy, you know, how we go, but the story, if you can put Dave Clark into six years old and he goes to school, he's getting picked on, he's getting bullied. He's slow. He's got those forest like gump braces on his legs and his teacher announces a field trip where the whole class would be walking, but five blocks away to the local fire hall. Now, David shared this in his first book. It's called The Dave Clark Story, Diamond in the Rough, The Dave Clark Story. And in chapter two, he thanked all his people that helped him. And so he's going into school. He tries to act sick. He doesn't want to go to school. He's going to get left behind. You know, walking five blocks when you're six years old on crutches and braces is, is not a fun thing. So his mom knows he's not a good actor. He goes to school. He's not sick. He gets in line and he goes to the back of the line thinking this is going to be the worst day of his life. Unknown to Dave, one of his classmates, Dave never forgot his name, thanked him in his book. His name's Ernie Pound because Ernie had brought his radio flyer wagon to school that day to pull him. And Dave never forgot it. And what I found out reading his book in my office at the time, I was Dave's financial advisor and I was helping him organize some book signings. And I was rereading that chapter and I get the goosebumps. Every time, every freaking time I read that chapter, I would get the goosebumps. And I'm not even that emotional of a guy. And I would still, I would get it. 
And I wound up reaching out and finding Ernie living about 45 minutes away. There was an Ernst pound in the, in, in the phone book, called him up, didn't want to talk to me. Um, I asked him if he'd gone to first grade in, you know, in Corning, New York, and he didn't even want to really answer me. And, and eventually he did. And I said, you know, you're thanked in a book for something you might not even remember. You brought your radio flyer wagon to school to pull one of your classmates who was in crutches and braces. And he mentioned you in his book. And he goes, I remember the wagon. That's what Ernie told me. He goes, I remember the wagon. It was my sister's wagon. And he wound up coming to a book signing. He put a book underneath Dave's nose and he said, sign this one to Ernie Pound. And little Davey, not so little anymore, uh, he got like full of motion. And if you're getting the goosebumps while I'm telling you the story, you can go to our website, uh, pullingeachotheralong.com or apoundofkindness.com or D3Day. And, and we have those, we have the video captured of Ernie surprising Dave that day. And so we started telling that story, you know, that's that, that launched my children's book. It's called a pound of kindness. We named it a pound of kindness in honor of Ernie pound. And then just recently we released pulling each other along, which we gathered 30 more incredible stories of other people, including Terry Bradshaw, famous NFL star writing the forward for us. And that book is about other folks, a lot of them in the disability sports world, but not everybody in the sports world and not everybody disabilities, talking about what helped them and what pulled them along to their life's journey and their successes. Perfect. Well, that sounds fantastic. That sounds fantastic. So, Doc, you've also had a, a long career sort of in the, in the corporate world, as you mentioned. So, yeah, uh, let's, let's talk a little bit more management. So, what are some of the key learnings that you've had that, I mean, I guess some of the things you're even using on a day-to-day -day basis now, like running these volunteer camps and so on, like what, what sure, are some sure. of the key lessons that you've learned uh, over your career so far? Yeah, so, you know, so many and not all of them good, but good that helps you, you know, the bad ones kind of help you, you know, like I had a, a very thriving business where I would, took a sales force from almost nothing to 10 million a year. Uh, back in the 90s selling children's animated videos and had a lot of success and let's just say a, a, a not so good president came in and and uh and knocked us all off the off the card and of course you know the company went to nothing you know it was pretty sad because we had built just young entrepreneurs right out of college and i had 200 salespeople, you know working for me and they were making good money you know not crazy money but you know making 60 dollars a year in the 90s and some of them more uh per person uh, you know, and, and growing businesses, growing their own sales businesses. And, you know, and then, and then, and then corporations get greedy, you know, and uh, they think they know better. They think, oh, one of the things that I can't stand in the management world, because I, I literally do come more from a sales side than a management side, although I've done both, um, you know, teaching people and teaching a style of sales that I do, which is uh, whatever. And, you know, you get these pivots and, you don't, you don't want to be in a situation where, you know, what I learned early is in the management world, we're all individuals and you got to let people flow. You got to let them, you got to let them thrive. And I, and I think we were talking about strengthening your strengths. Um, we want, we want people to be, if you're a good salesperson, sell, don't be afraid of it. If you're a good administrative person, help those people that aren't like me, you know, and be, and be their administrative help. And, you know, and so, what you're good at, focus on that because those strengths are what are probably going to move you up the ladder and whether it's in management and then letting people 
work in their strengths. Um, you know, one of the things that Dave and I do, we don't have a lot of folks that work for us. We're fairly lean at this point in the juncture. Um, but when we do get somebody, our, our question that Dave and I ask each other, what are their strengths? Where can we plug them in so they can help us and help yeah. themselves by, you know, by helping the whole team, the whole organization? What are, what are they really, really good at? And, uh, and I think that's a big focus on the management side is, is, is really figuring out what you're good at and strengthening that and, uh, and then putting and plugging that into a team. You can, you know, you can use baseball or football, you know, obviously the quarterback, you don't put them back, you don't put them on the line, you know, um, to block. You put him at the quarterback position and he works at the quarterback position. He doesn't work at blocking. So how, how do you identify that if people don't know? Because sometimes people don't. I, I, well, I think we question and then you see them in action, you know, and, you know, if, I think the interview process is, is key because people will typically, if you draw them out, uh, they might not know they're good at something, but it's usually what they like doing. It's what they want to do. Uh, I think that's another key, you know, one of the things that keeps me going, whether it's a tough time or a lean time or a strong time is I love what I get to do. You know, so uh, when I get, when we get knocked down with something like COVID uh, where the whole world seemed to stop for us, that didn't stop us from doing what we want to do because it's what we love to do and we're pretty darn good at it. And so I think that getting people and finding out people, getting to know people, finding out what they're good at, Uh, if they're good at calling people, if they're good at uh, schmoozing with people, if they don't want to, if they don't want to talk to people that you get to know, uh, you know, there's a lot of people, they, they wouldn't come forward and talk on a podcast for anything because it just would frighten them. They would just not them. I mean, getting people up on stage, I don't, I don't, I, I get up on stage all the time and I'm like, this is no big deal. It's just like talking to somebody. What's, what's the, what's the big deal? But some people that just terrifies them. And so you get to learn their personalities in different ways. And then if you see them in action, you can probably figure out what they're good at. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. It, it's always something that's interesting because particularly at interviews, I think it's it's so important to to really hone into people, right? Because a lot of the time it's, I, I see so often where people try and sell themselves into jobs that they are not and will never be good at just because they don't know themselves, right? And it's... Yeah. It's definitely something I spend a lot of time on, like putting the right people in the right positions just right, right. makes a ton of difference. So. Right. Coaching and managing baseball teams and other things. You've got to, you know, it's, you've got to, you don't want to put a guy that's an eight hitter, an eight hole hitter. And I don't know if you know baseball analogies. You don't want him leading off. You know, if he's not a leadoff hitter, they just, there's certain personalities and there's certain guys that, that do better in different situations in the three hole or the five hole or the six hole. And you certainly don't want to put a lefty over on shortstop. You know, if you're left-handed, it doesn't work. It's not the way, you know, it's just certain things that don't work. And, you know, and you figure that out. And as a coach, you have to be able to puzzle those things together and the most successful coaches do it well. Yeah. Yep. Makes sense. Any other great lessons that you've taken out of your corporate career so far? You know, keep going. Uh, that's, that's the hard, that's the, you know, scenario. I know for me, I said, you know, I built a, I built a pretty big sales force at one point and, you know, I was, I was a vice president. So I was basically an employee of the company or I wasn't at the top realm. And, you know, you make all this money for a, a company and then they, they can pull the plug out from you under you. 
And so, you know, the next times that I went out on my own, I'm like, no, if, if I'm going to do really, really well, it's going to be me. I'm going to own it. And, and if you're that kind of person like me, just go for it. Uh, I tell my kids, whether we get our movie deals and different things that we're working on and whether we have millions of dollars of revenue uh, in the future, um, you know, a year, then that's, that's not the issue. Do something you love. And if it's successful, obviously give back. Um, but if it's not successful, don't regret that you tried it, you know, but go for it. Keep going. Yeah, I love that. I, I think a lot of the time, I mean, particularly entrepreneurship. I mean, I, I work with so many entrepreneurs, right? And, and entrepreneurship is definitely one of the areas where too many people give up too early and often a few minutes before they're successful, so to say. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've been there a couple of times and uh, you're like, oh man, should I even be doing this? It's not flowing. And we, we actually have a story that really relates to this. It's another Dave Clark story that we often tell. And if you can imagine that little boy who was still you're very young that had crutches and braces, it was, it's just, you know, this is back in 1960. So Dave, uh, Dave is getting up there in age. Uh, he's still young at heart, but you know, he was eight years old. He's in phys ed class and they did not let him participate in phys ed. So, you, you know, times have changed a little bit, but here he's an eight year old little boy fairly athletic, you know, on the playground and things like that. But in phys ed class, they made, they actually would put out a chair for him to sit in and he didn't get to participate. And this is a part of why we do the sports camps that we do for kids with disabilities. We want them to participate. We want them to get out there. So in third grade, he is a new teacher. And at this point, Dave's conditioned to not, to not participate, go out and find a chair and sit. New teacher comes in, crew cut, military man, big booming voice, tells everybody what they're going to do that day, claps their hands, and Dave wanders off to the side only to get yelled at by this big voice saying, where do you think you're going? You know, and Dave gets all scared. He's eight years old. He gets signaled over to the, to the coach. And the coach basically changed his life by saying, you know, in our classes, my classes, you're going to try everything. You might not be able to do everything, but you're going to try everything. And it was, I don't know if you have this where you were in Denmark, but uh, we have the rope climb, at least back in my day, where you get to climb the rope to the ceiling in the in the in the gymnasium, and that was the le- and that was the lesson that day. And Dave got in line, a little nervous, uh, not really sure you know what he could do, but he grabbed the rope, dropped his crutches, and started one hand over the next, and started meandering up that rope. And um, he got a, he remembers getting about three quarters of the way. And things got very tough and he stopped. But that inner whatever he has in his life, uh, which is still there, he got three quarters of the way and he says, you know what, I'm this far, I got to go. And he, he was the only child in his class to make it to the top of that rope, hit the ceiling. And, uh, and then he had to slide down. He burned his hands because he couldn't slow himself down uh, with the use of his, no use of his legs. Uh, but he was in all, his classmates were in all, his gym teacher was probably in all, and uh, it was the best burn that he ever got. He got a reward, which was getting a snow cone, ice cream cone, and, you know, basically, and it was the first professional payout he ever got. And we even named our, one of our companies, our main company, Best Burn Enterprises, after that experience, because it, it was a life changer for him. And, and he literally doesn't even think he would have gone on to do anything had it not been for that phys ed teacher changing his life. So when you get three quarters of the way up and you're gasped, you got to take another step 
you got you got to keep climbing the rope and you got to yeah. keep going for that ceiling yeah definitely i love the lessons i love the lessons very uh very interesting what about uh what about resources doc like what are what are some resources that have been helpful to you in your career so far and what are some resources that you would recommend to others around you that are either small business owners or in management and the likes so probably the people that we network with, uh, one of them is Josh Tapp right now. He's, he's really helping me with our pivot. Um, we, we, we had a, I, I set up a Salesforce, you know, learning from people. I, I remember one of my original vice presidents just teaching me, yeah, you know, tactics of sales and communication and not being pushy, but yet being communicative and, and bringing people to a sale. Um, so that if they don't sell, you know, yeah, you want, you always want to get that sale, but you don't want them walking away feeling like you were the most pushy person in the world either. And, um, you know, and sell things you like, you know, that's another thing, but so, you, you know, it's just, it's just a matter of continuing to move on. And, and, you know, so there's, I mean, there's so many people, but resources and Josh Tapp right now, we're pivoting with him. Um, we had built a business where we were selling several hundred thousand dollars worth of products, either speaking events, books, honey, believe it or not, which is a long story. Uh, we created a honey product um, to sell local honey with some local business people. And it was one of those things that wasn't even on our radar and it probably saved our company to keep us moving so we could fund the camps and keep them free for families. Um, right now with Josh, we're pivoting toward a mastermind event, you know, instead of trying to sell 10,000 jars of honey. Uh, we have a mastermind event where we're just looking for 15 to 25 people. They come, they're going to have a great event of interacting with professional athletes, um, building our own podcast, which we'll start doing more of our own podcast again, uh, the Pulling Each Other Along podcast with Dave Clark, myself, and Dave Stevens at times, um, focusing on those goodnesses of people. Um, you know, so I think people have been probably my best resources when you find the good one, um, when you find people that can really help you. Uh, and you got to weed through a lot of ones that really can't help you, um, and, you know, and you got to be grateful when they give you an idea or thought, but um, there's, there's, there's a filter there that you have to have. But when you find somebody that can truly help you and they're willing to help you and mentor you and steer you in a different direction that makes sense, uh, I think those are the, probably the best resources that I have. Totally. I love it. I'm i I'm a huge fan of networking in general. And I think, uh, it's probably the from a business skill perspective, it's probably the number one most overlooked thing that, that particularly in the entrepreneurial world. I think in the corporate world, people are maybe a little bit better, but but in the entrepreneurial world, it's where most people are missing out the most. Right. And so we're going to try to network people at a very high level uh, with our mastermind, pulling each other along mastermind. It'll be the first one's going to be in Southwest Florida, most likely. And nice. we have a we have a link to that, which I can send to you. You can pop into this uh, uh, into this yeah. podcast. But, uh, you know, we are looking for extremely, extremely successful business people to come. Yeah. I already have several commitments of some, some legends in the professional sports world. My friend Rocky Blyer, um, if you don't know the Rocky Blyer story, it's one of the greatest sports stories out there. And you, you're in Vietnam, so he's a, he, was, he was wounded and took a grenade in Vietnam. That's part of his story. And he recovered from that and wound up making the Steelers after his rookie season. He was... He was uh, drafted into Vietnam and left the Steelers and went to boot camp and got shot that took a grenade and they never thought he'd really even walk again, let alone play football again. And, and Rocky holds four Super Bowl championship rings 
during his time with the Pittsburgh Steelers in the 1970s and just definitely one of the great men. And so if you want to meet legends like Rocky Blyer and now I can say John Konkak, who was an NBA star and Olympic uh, gold medalist as well in basketball. So we're going to have some pretty cool people there. Obviously, from my perspective, you get to meet Dave Clark and Dave Stevens. Um, you get to meet me if that means anything. So that doesn't that doesn't mean as much to me as some of these other folks. But learning from them, networking with them, networking with these other executives that will be coming to this event. Josh Tapp, if you don't know him, just an incredible young man that um, you know is building businesses and top podcaster in this country and the world, and you know just some cool things like that. Excellent, excellent. That sounds fantastic. Uh, Doug, if, if people love what they're hearing, what's other good ways to connect with you? Do you what's the best way to, to reach so, out? Uh, so pu- pullingeotheralong.com is probably a good place to start. Um, if you want to see more of the camps, and, and it's all connected to us. You know, For me, it's all connected because really the camps, d3day.com, uh, you get to see what we really want to do and want to do more. And so if you like to inspire and give back and have children and young adults have this incredible experience of being with professional sports teams and sports um, or college teams, but we our primary is professional teams that we partner with. And it's not just all about sports either. You know, we're, we're venturing out into art and other things to give people in the, in the disability community um, some opportunities to be with professional artists or professional golfers or whatever. So if, if that appeals to you, go to d3day.com and learn more about us. Reach out to me. Almost everything on those websites funnels back to me at one point. Um, you can go to me on LinkedIn. There's not very many Doug Cornfields in the world. I think there's been two or three now because I have a junior. Um, you know, and that's about it. Cool. Well, Doug, thank you very much for joining me today. That was fantastic thank to you, meet Matt. you and yeah. hear more. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Excellent. And to the audience, thank you so much for hanging on all the way to the end. We'll be back again next week. Thank you for listening to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Please leave a review. It means the world to us. You can also learn more about management at madsingers.com.